Hi, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm recording this episode, the last one of 2020, on Christmas. It is Christmas. I am lonely. Uh, my ongoing depression has teamed up with seasonal depression. And friends, I do not recommend that particular cocktail. Particular cocktail. My ability to say word to not say words, I guess, is unhampered. Anyway, I I actually have a I, I, I might end up being weirdly sincere this week, but before I do that, I have a couple of things I keep meaning to bring up and forgetting, and I want to do them now because I think they'll be useful as running jokes in the future. So let me settle in with some silliness before I I I really dig into my soul. That's not going to happen. Don't worry. You're not going to learn personal things about me. Never. But uh, if you're like me and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you've maybe heard this ad. I think it's for AMC Plus, the, the AMC streaming service. And I feel like I hear this ad about 10 times a week and I cannot remember on which shows. I think it might run at the end of some Earwolf stuff. Uh, maybe some of the smaller networks. I can't remember, but it's a it's a man telling you about AMC Plus and all the great shows available for your viewing. And he mentions Mad Men, which, you know, why wouldn't you? It's AMC. But he says Mad Men, which is so weird. You have to have never heard anybody say the name of the show or the phrase to really punch the men like that. And I... I, I have now started just putting the emphasis in the wrong place in the names of other shows, which is, frankly, I think it's a lot of fun if you need to really spice up a conversation about television and you just casually mention Better Call Saul. Uh, that's the first thing that was funny to me. The second one is, this has been a couple years, but I think about it all the time. And I've never heard anybody else mention it before, so I am the only person in the world that made an an impression on. But there is an Amazon's Amazon miniseries called Doctor Thorne, and it is, uh, it's a, a you know like an 18th century costume drama. It's based on a novel by, I want to say Anthony Trollope, but it it's. I might be wrong. It's one of those authors that I only know enough to nod my head and acknowledge they are an author if they ever come up in conversation, which they don't because I mostly have conversations with people who want to talk more about like Animaniacs or something. Um, and me included. I didn't mean to say that was beneath me. I don't know. I don't know. It could be Anthony Trollope. It could be be uh, uh, Saul Bellows. I genuinely don't know, but that's the name that's ringing a bell. It's not important. The important thing is, first off, it was adapted for television as a miniseries by uh, uh, Julian Fellows, the Downton Abbey guy. And the reason I watched it is because it stars Ian McShane and Alison Brie, who are two of my favorites. I'm thrilled to see these two titans get together. And... So you watch, and it's very long, and it's fairly boring, even though, as I said, two of my favorite actors are in it. And a lot of the plot of the first episode, besides a murder that it opens with, is uh, uh, Alison Brie is receiving suitors, I guess is how they call it. And she's convinced they only want her for her money. And that's like sort of a real, a real bridge to too far 
in terms of plotting where the show is going, yes, they only want this woman for her money. This woman played by Alison Brie, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Yes, surely they only want her for her inheritance. But it doesn't matter. That's We're not here to debate the plot of Dr. Thorne. But the thing that is amazing about this show is each episode begins and ends with Julian Fellows, uh, like, just saying hi and bye. And it, it's like, it's sort of like Masterpiece Theater with Alistair Cook, except without the, like, the staid dignity of it. It's just Julian Fellows being pretty excited about this TV show. And at the end of the first episode, and it is an abrupt cut from episode to Julian Fellows, it cuts to him and he says, my, there rather is a lot going on, isn't there? And I think about that phrasing and delivery all the time. And it is so much fun. And I hope we can all use it in the future. My, there really is rather a lot going on, isn't there? <laughs> like he's just as surprised as we are. And I would also counter that there isn't a lot going on, but... But uh, you do you, Julian Fellows. Um, anyway, so I'd like those to be catchphrases going into the new year. So please spread them around on social media. I realize one of them definitely hinges on uh, uh, out loud verbal pronunciation. And the second one even kind of does. So it's not going to be super useful unless somebody invents a new social media that's uh, uh, sound based. Maybe that's what Parlor is. I know that's the Republican one, but maybe they also just get to record little blurbs. I don't know. I'm not going on parlor. Uh, but here's the thing. Since we're we're wrapping up 2020, I kind of, it's you know, may, maybe it's been different for you guys, but it's been kind of a weird year, right? Um, but, and there's a reason for this. I want to talk about the best day of 2020. If you'll indulge me, this is, I, I, this might not turn out to be funny, which I guess is a disclaimer I should put at the beginning of everything I do here. Um, but in March, first week of March, right before everything kind of went nuts, uh, I went to California for a week. I visited uh, some, I visited my friend in Orange County. I got to hang out with my sister a bit. And uh, I had, I had industry meetings, guys. Uh, I don't mean a big time here or anything, but I talked to some industry professionals Nothing came of these meetings, although at the time I was told you need to come back here in May because there's going to be a writer's strike, but it doesn't affect animation. So you can really get some, you'll really be able to make some inroads because all of the scripts I've written, people assume are for animation because so many of them have robots or uh, barbarians that fight dragons. Uh, I had, I was once told specifically to try to write for live action. And one of the characters is a hive mind of a hundred snakes in a human suit. So <laughs> I might not know what live action television is. Uh, but I went out there and I was also going to meet a, I want to say internet friend, but that sounds weird. That sounds like we know each other from a King of the Hill message board. And, uh, I mean, we, we share similar opinions on King of the Hill, which is that it's, a uh, underrated classic and the best line is I don't know you that's my purse and that makes it sound like the friend I'm talking about is Jesse Thorne so that'd be pretty cool um and <laughs> I have this weird idea I don't want to don't want to identify my friend because it'll be bad for a street cred if people know she's friends with a dork um so I <laughs> I 
Here's the thing is the less social media somebody has, the more likely I am to identify them by name because what's it going to matter? Um, so I was going to, yeah, but internet, long distance friends sounds better because we, I mean, we, we talked a lot. We really got to know each other very well over, over, you know, internet and texting and so, and just thought it would be really nice to, to hang out, uh, in, in Los Angeles. So, uh, we, God, here's, okay, here's the thing. You may not be able to tell this if you've, uh, if you've listened to the show, you, I know you probably think I'm cool. You know, a guy who does a podcast by himself under a blanket. Uh, but I've got real bad social anxiety. Like, it is hard for me to meet people. I don't like it. I don't like going to parties. Um, if I go, I will only talk to the four people there who I watch TV with on Sunday. Um, and sometimes maybe only one of them because, uh, you know, some people in that group actually want to talk to people I don't know. And I can't have that. <laughs> in fact, my, my, my friend Rachel and I are we're sort of party buddies because neither of us super want to be there that much so we always come together so the first one of us who really just wants to bail then we both get to leave because I'm ready to go from moment one so it's kind of nice then no you know nobody looks bad as well we grow together so you know he wants to leave so I gotta go and it works great it is thanks to her I have not had to stay to till midnight at a New Year's Eve party for years um, so yeah, I'm, I'm bad at meeting people. I'm weird and awkward. And especially in California, because I am a, I am a, a big Midwestern man. And, uh, I did, I did stand up in San Francisco a few years ago and it was this big open mic and everybody else there is like this tiny, perfect Californian. Like, like they look like catalog models and the fact that I'm there means somewhere a village is going unmenaced. It's, it's like if you combine action figures from different lines, which is a thing I used to do as a kid. It's like, oh, Batman's going to fight Darth Vader. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Darth Vader's on a three and three quarter inch scale and Batman's a five inch scale. And it, it's like this weird body horror to put them together. And that's how I feel in California. Um, so I was... You know, it was it was a real big leap to just do that. And I I realized for a woman to hang out with somebody they know from the Internet, it's a much bigger leap than my uh, my awkwardness. But as I've said before, I can really only talk from from my perspective. So, you know, I very much appreciate that she was willing to hang out with some Internet Dorcas. And here, here's the thing. And I don't I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about anybody anybody's life or anything but for the first time ever upon meeting somebody I was comfortable instantly like it was just great we you know we 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 talking like we'd known each other for 20 years it was it was amazing and like everything was just sort of perfect we went to this really great restaurant and we we went to a, a comedy showcase at the the comedy store, which was real cool for both of us because we're comedy nerds. And I said comedy a lot in that sentence, but 
it, it was really cool to see this this sort of iconic location and then you go to the show and, and freaking Nick Kroll and Anthony Jeselnik did sets and like the whole thing was just just amazing just really I mean getting along just having a a good time I forgot to feel awkward which for me is I'm not saying I wasn't actually awkward but I didn't feel awkward you know it was just this this really really fun and great day and like I you know it was all the things that should have made me uncomfortable you know I'm I'm meeting somebody I'm a big yeti and the big midwestern yeti in California and uh and this is not necessarily key to to why I am friends with this person who I've decided not to name which makes this so much more awkward but uh said friend is 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 very attractive which you know doesn't really have any that much bearing in terms of uh getting along but it's also another one of those things that makes always makes me feel uh out of place as a as a, a giant bearded muskox and uh like when we we went to the restaurant like God, this is weird. She's going to listen to this and feel weird. But you could tell, like, everybody noticed her and they mentally reorganized their lists of the most beautiful women they've ever seen. And then they tried to figure out what I was doing there. And I think ultimately they they landed on some sort of adult make-a-wish where I just wanted to have sushi with a pretty lady before I died. Um, And ordinarily, that would make me feel just weird and bad and I wouldn't really be able to have a nice conversation because I'd be feeling too self-conscious didn't happen this was just a a a nice time with somebody I like very much and um she also had a I mean we talked about it it was a we it was it was great it was it was the best day of the year and I realize that's damning with fate praise because this has been a garbage fire year I mean, for context, the second best day of the year was two days later when I did the Avengers virtual reality experience and Spider-Man told me I did a good job and I almost cried. And the third day, I guess, was when the uh, the Bagman episode of Better Call Saul aired. I'm sorry, Better Call Saul. Um, and then maybe fourth is uh, when Joe Firestone's dad DM'd me because he liked a thing I wrote about Joe Paratox with you. You know, that was pretty great. But like, that was it. That was that was all the good of the year. So I know it sounds like I'm damning with fate and praise, but like Lifetime, this was one of the just best, most fun days I have had. Okay, so this was, you know, looking back, it's like, hey, that was kind of the perfect day. But, and this is important, uh, one of the other comedians at that showcase, who I didn't mention the first time through because I was saving it for the surprise ending, was Brian Callen who I like a lot as an uh, as an actor. You know, he was on Oz. Uh, he's on the, the Goldbergs. I think he's really funny. I thought his stand-up was really good. Uh, it's kind of like this weird, very almost literary stand-up where it's just these long stories with carefully chosen wording. And, uh, you know, it was very enjoyable. But after that, in sort of the... the uh, 
the the culling of pervert comedians that happened this year and i say culling even though really only a couple of careers were actually affected because that's how it goes you can be a monster and somebody's still in your audience but uh brian callen's name came up in regards to a lot of uh, uh sexual abuse which is a bummer and i'm trying not to specifically focus on specific specifically focus on specifics because this this isn't the place for that suffice it to say we now know he is a bad man so even the best day of 2020 still had a cameo appearance by a sex abuser and man that's this year in a nutshell you know um i'm gonna pause for an ad which as as we've established means that i have to take a drink and i will be back in just a moment all right it's ad time and you already know who the sponsor is that's not going to change I mean, ideally, I'd like to add sponsors, but I'm going to need to get listenership into at least the... Let's focus on double digits for now and see where that takes us. But uh, if I'm talking to you about about a sponsor I believe in, I'm talking to you about Teas by Summer, which again, teasbysummer.com, or go to Etsy and look up Teas by Summer. In both cases, that's T-E-E-S. Uh, it was... She does this. She's she's not only my friend. She's a a fantastic artist and a really gifted graphic designer. Uh, it's it all looks so good. I've I have every every design she's put out. I have on some something. Um, I've got got a line of summer mugs on my desk at work that I that make me happy when my work is terrible, which it almost always is. But they're lined up where where other people would have pictures of their family. I have her 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 doughboys no peeking mug. Uh, and in fact, I as we look back at this year, uh, I I want to actually I, I I have a little story about about a a tease by summer experience. Uh, one of her shirts, which is you would think is not seasonal anymore, but I still think it's so cute and funny. And I have worn it many times since Halloween. It depicts a, it depicts, I'm fancy. It's a, a jack-o'-lantern wearing a, wearing a, you know, a, a COVID mask. And it's super cute and funny. And it's like the sort of thing that should have sold a million shirts because it's just, it's clever and the execution is just great. And that is the mug that's right by my monitor at work. And I look at it a hundred times a day, probably because it's right in my field of vision. And it's, it's, it's just so good. Okay. So keep this in mind. This is a great design. There's a liquor store by my house and it's actually a liquor store that shares a parking lot with a porno store, which is the seediest thing I can imagine. But it's like one-stop shopping if you're Bender. So, uh, I, I, when I when I talk about going there, I, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm an alcoholic or anything. I've been there maybe a dozen times ever. Uh, but you know, a lot of times this summer and fall, my I, I'd have like social distant porch hangs with with friends, and when I do that, I'd I'd pick up some pick up some hard ciders for me because the days of uh somebody just having a bunch of drinks and passing them around or you know wasn't really happening this year so you know i it's i'm 
not going regularly or anything. I don't know why I'm being so defensive on this point. But there is a woman who always rang me up every time I went, and she hated me. I don't know why. Uh, it was just, I'm, here's the thing is, I'm a good customer. Like, I do not make a fuss. I know what I've come there for. I get it. I come, I, I clear out as quickly as I can. I'm not wasting your time. I'm not wasting space. Uh, I, I, if you, the cashier, feel like chatting, then I'm going to chat because you've been at this all day. And if you need to, need to take a few minutes to, to converse with a human being, I'm happy to be that human being. But if you don't want to talk, I am not going to make you talk, brother. Uh, I, I have my my debit card and my and my ID ready to go. Uh, when I place my purchases on the counter, I have I make sure the UPC codes are facing her, so she doesn't even need to touch them to scan them. Like I am a a dream of a customer, and for some reason she just you can just tell just absolute contempt for me. Like she just. I would get dirty looks, she'd roll her eyes when she saw it was this guy again. Um, I think she maybe owns the store or her family owns the store. Uh, I don't really know the story, but she's always there and she's always ne she's always never happy to see me. And one day I went in wearing my uh, my my jack o' lantern with the mask shirt, and as this woman who this woman who is as established does not care for me rings me up uh pushes my stuff back to me does not offer me a bag because that's how we do things she says to me and it's not important to the story but uh she she is is middle eastern and i'm not going to try to do her accent but it's very important that i convey her tone when i tell you what she said to me because her tone is very funny at least to me, it was very funny. It may not be funny in my delivery because I'm not her. But she, you know, shoves my stuff back at me. We've had our usual uncomfortable interaction. She says, your shirt is very cute. And that was the only time she has been at all nice to me. <laughs> and I've made a point of wearing that shirt when I've gone in since then. And she smiled one time. Like, she got over her dislike of me because it's such a good shirt, is what I'm saying. So, look, if, 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 if the Tees by Summer Designs can make somebody be nice to me, imagine what they'll do for you, a normal person. So, like I said, go to TeesBySummer.com or Etsy, search Tees by Summer. You're going to see some great stuff and you buy it. Tell her EJ sent you. Or don't. You don't need to do that. Why add all? Why add that extra layer? I don't even know how that's possible. You can't really put that on an order on an online order. Make that a line of your address or something. That is not going to get to you. It won't have your address. It'll just have EJ sent me. That's going back return to sender. So just order normal. But it's great stuff. It's just genuinely just funny and beautiful work, and I like looking at it. And you will too. Get a shirt. Be cool. Come on, man. And I'm back from that break. 
boy, I don't know what that ad could have been, but I sure hope you you patronize our sponsors. Sponsor? Who am I kidding? We don't have two sponsors. We we don't technically have one. I've just it's an unofficial sponsorship. Um. All right. You know what? I just I've been thinking. I'm an old middle-aged man and I've been thinking about this this year wrapping up and like we agree this was a bad year. And it's not like the the numbers going to roll over and things are going to immediately change. Like stuff's still going to suck. We're still looking at the possibility that that Trump will not leave office and the possibility that uh people are going to help him not leave. You know, it's coronavirus isn't going to magically go away. I mean, yeah, there's a vaccine, but I'll be honest with you. I am probably like third from the bottom on the list of people getting it. Uh, you know, people on death row are ahead of unsuccessful podcasters. So it'll, it's going to be a few years before, before they give me some of that sweet, sweet vaccine. You know, and, and just the stuff we've seen over the last year. <sighs> A lot of people showed who they are, and it's going to be hard to take, hard to take back. Like, I mean, just the 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 visual fact of people wearing masks and then people refusing to do it, and now you sort of know which of your acquaintances and neighbors are 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 monsters. You know, I I can't not know that the lady at the gas station where I sometimes buy a pop before work. Uh, has has given me a dirty look for wearing a mask and she refuses to wear one when she handles food and that's just always going to be there now um and uh you know i then even when the world goes back to normal uh i i don't want to get too much into it but i've alluded to it before i've been real depressed this year as probably a lot of people have been especially if you listen to podcast ads and Absolutely every podcast is is doing that online therapy thing. Um, I, no, no kidding. Uh, when this whole thing started and when this whole thing started and I kind of fell into my depression very early on, I literally burst into tears because of an ad read on Tales or Hello from the Magic Tavern. <laughs> because like Arnie Niekamp is talking about, uh, you know, if you're depressed and this is how you can get some help. And at the end he says, I'm rooting for you. And I burst into tears because at least somebody was rooting for me. <laughs> but so like, it hasn't been a great year and I've kind of had to face some things like I'm, uh, I've realized now I might not ever do stand up comedy again just after this long time of not doing it and me sort of realizing that I actually don't really like the part of standing up in front of people and talking. Like I like the writing jokes, but the, the actual performing is very stressful and I'm bad at it. And maybe it's okay that I don't do it anymore, even though, you know, I, I like comedy. I like, stand, I, I love, I love it, but maybe that doesn't have to be, in my life is a thing I do and that's fine. And, you know, I'm trying to write more. I've, I've 
you know, I bragged about my secret industry meetings and, but also the thing is I'm, I'm a middle-aged man and nobody, nobody's going to say, Hey, you know, you know who we need on staff is a, a, a man in his forties with no professional experience. Like, you know, it just kind of feels like it's, sometimes I get kind of down about my future. And, but here's a, here's a thing that happened recently. Um, I was, I was talking to my, my, my friend, the one I mentioned earlier. I know this makes it sound like I only have one friend. I swear I do know other people. Um, but about, I was talking about the, the scripted podcast that I've alluded to before that, uh, hopefully we will be able to start recording in the coming year. And like, it's something that, that people are excited about working on and, and all my friends will be involved and, uh, but then I'm also, one thing I've realized over these last seven weeks of doing this is I do not know how to market a podcast or, or get people to listen to a thing. And like, I'm okay with doing this and having four people listen to it. And that's fine. It's great. I mean, I wouldn't say great, but it's fine. I don't, it, it but the, this other show is going to be a lot of, a lot of people are going to put in a lot of work. Like I'm comfortable wasting my time for no, no, uh, uh, real effect, but I feel bad asking other people to do it because they could be doing something, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say better cause I think it'll actually be good, but you know what I mean? And so I, I was telling my friend this and, uh, maybe without even realizing it, she she said something that that really sort of turned me around. Was uh, you know, and I'm not gonna sit and recount a conversation, but uh, the the thing that stood out was she she said you know it'll be okay because uh, you know whatever happens, we're making something cool, and first off, nice to be nice to have it called cool but it was the fact that she said we are making something cool because she you know she is acting in it and is the person that I bounce alt jokes off of when I'm trying when I'm stuck or I can't figure out which thing is funnier I can always uh get her input and she is has been consistently right uh and has made jokes better you know, and, and all my other, Sam is writing the score and doing sound editing and made a kick-ass theme song. You guys, this, uh, between the theme song and the cover art for this show, it is so much better than I deserve. My, uh, my talented ass friends are really just nailing it. But this, uh, this theme song that Sam made, there is a train sound like like 15 seconds in, which to me sound makes it sound like a Tom Waits song. And that makes me so happy. Um, but hopefully you'll be able to see the see the the uh, cover art and hear that theme song and hear my jokes about robots soon. But just thinking of it as we and thinking that all of all of my other friends who I'm going to be be hitting up to do voices or, uh, you know, whatever nonsense. I mean, mostly voices. Sam's doing all the production work. But 
you know, and if 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 they're also thinking of this as a as a we a thing that we're doing, uh, that's really cool, and I feel better about making it. And and I don't know. It's just kind of what I want to take with me into the into the new year is is just the idea of we we're we're in this together whether it's this this dumb comedy podcast that i've been writing and is maybe going to be too weird for anybody to be interested in but it's 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 not a thing that i'm doing and asking people for help with it's a thing that that we're doing and just that word choice made me feel feel better and now it's sort of like man i don't know i wish i i had had a point when i started talking it just just a, that way of thinking about it just thinking of it as we rather than i and maybe that's maybe that's what we're doing for 2021 is let's focus on the we and the other thing i think of and this is this is going to be so dumb but uh you know, it's been a bad year. I've been depressed. I don't know how that change is going into 2021, but here's what I keep thinking is, uh, I don't know if you have, have watched the the television show Doom Patrol, which is on both the, the failing DC Universe streaming service and also HBO Max. Uh, and it's, it's a superhero show about the world's jankiest superheroes. <laughs> like, the great thing about the Doom Patrol, and one day I'll talk a lot about the Doom Patrol on Mike because I love them, is they are a team of freaks with a wheelchair-bound leader who came out about two months before the X-Men did and <laughs> failed spectacularly with that premise while the X-Men turned out eventually became the biggest thing in the world. Like the the Doom Patrol died in the final issue of their series, and then the the writer and artist appeared on panel to tell you that the only way to save them was to write letters to DC Comics to bring them back, and nobody did, and they stayed dead for like ten years. And I love the Doom Patrol so much. We'll talk about it later, but the first episode of the TV show, which is like such a perfect translation of these these janky ass superheroes. Uh, sort of the in the first episode, kind of the point of view character is is Cliff Steele, who's a he was a race car driver who died and he had his brain like his brain was put into a robot body. And it's kind of a crummy robot body, which is good both for the themes of the show and for the effects budget, because there are a lot of times you look at the show and go, oh, they could have maybe, maybe made that look better, but they don't need to. And that's the point. But uh, there's a there's a, a sequence where where Cliff is trying to learn to work his robot body to just walk up stairs. They have a metal set of stairs that he can practice on and he can only lift it about his foot about an inch off the floor because he can't control his body. And he's just clang clang clanging it into the that step over and over again and i see that and now what i think about is what what i've been trying to do and what what i'll do in the future is just just keep putting one foot in front of the other that's what this weirdo bad robot is doing and then later in the episode the the town that 
kicked them out because they went shopping and the town did not want freaks in there. The town is under attack by a force that is well beyond their ability to to uh, actually deal with. But it doesn't matter. Cliff decides he's just going to go there and help. And he's walking because nobody wants to come with him. And eventually everybody else sort of sort of joins him. And this this team of just freaks with bad powers are are just putting they're they're putting one foot in front of the other and just walking towards certain doom. And I think about that a lot. and how that that's the other thing we're doing this year. We're thinking about we, we're putting one foot in front of the other. And maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll have something to show for it. Maybe we'll just have a less bad year. But and I know nobody's turning to me for advice or philosophy, and I have not said anything funny in several minutes, possibly 36 of them if this timer is to be believed. But that's what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to think about my friends saying we and making it, making it a community thing instead of a, a weird idea that's been living in my head for years. And now it's, it's something that all of the people I care about will be, will be involved in with me. And I'm going to think about the Doom Patrol, just, just putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward uh, without any clear, clear idea of where they're moving or what they do when they get there. But that's, I guess that's how I'm heading into 2021. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is helpful. I can't imagine anyone's as screwed up as I am right now, so probably it's not. Most of you are probably relatively well-adjusted and cannot imagine why I can only convey feelings through, uh, through superhero analogies, but that's what I'm bringing to the table. Uh, I really appreciate everybody who's listened to this show for, I was going to say this year, but this is episode seven. It has not been a full year of shows, but it is, it, I appreciate it. You guys are nice. Some of you people have said nice things to me and that feels good. Um, one person said mean things to me, but that's not anybody I really need to worry about. So, you know, one foot in front of the other, man. Uh, thanks. I'll see you guys next year in the future. Woo!